Episode 29, Principles and Leading Ideas. Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Hi, everyone. Welcome back, and thanks for joining me today for another episode of the Principles and Practice Podcast. Before I get started on our topic of principles and leading ideas, I'd like to share with you briefly that our family recently took a trip out to Idaho and we attended the Biblical Worldview Conference held by David Barrett. If you ever have a chance to go to this, it's held annually and we highly recommend it. I think that it normally takes place in the month of October, but because of the Rona, it had to be delayed, so we attended it at the end of March. But we got to listen to Gary Porter share about the United States Constitution, and that was very enlightening. We learned a great deal, as well as um, we were able to meet another Principal Approach family that's, that is out that way, and so that was a real treat as well. And then, in case you don't know, David Barrett and his brother Timothy Barrett co-own and operate Covenant Academy out of Idaho, and that is a K-12 principal approach school. They also co-own and operate Bradford Christian College, and that is the college that our oldest daughter is attending. That is a principal approach college. So again, if you ever have the opportunity to head out that way and attend that conference, we highly recommend it. All right, so today's topic is Principles and Leading Ideas. This is actually from a lecture held by Mike Myers of Day Spring Christian Academy. He is also affiliated with the Foundation for American Christian Education. And he began the lecture by talking about a quote from Herman Harold Horn in his book, Teaching Techniques of Jesus, How Jesus Taught. And this is the opening quote. As a teacher, Jesus was not only a tactician with methods, but a strategist with objectives. Jesus based his teaching on the vital problems in the lives of his pupils. He asked and answered questions to stimulate self-expression, desiring conviction rather than persuasion. On, On the part of the followers, he cared more for the individuals than the crowds. Jesus is the master teacher. When we talk about conviction rather than persuasion, we're talking about the internal and how it gives rise to the external. Examples of this from scripture are Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Luke 6.45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. Romans 10.10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And Matthew 15, 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. Reflective teaching and learning is observed in the scripture by the use of recurring principles in order to establish truth. When facts are presented in the framework of basic principles that form a structure of truth, The student builds a true model and understanding of the subject. Facts are then relative to the whole and fit the worldview that reflects the knowledge of God, resulting in wisdom. So, in essence, the principal approach 
has the goal of creating conviction rather than persuasion within the student. The principal approach has been called reflective learning. It causes the student to research, reason and relate, and record to call upon the internal principle for the external application. So the reasoning and the relating is internal and the recording of that is external. The soul of the biblical pedagogy, nothing has meaning without context. Without the emphasis on reasoning from principles, information has no base meaning and therefore has no absolute value. Albert Einstein said, I want to know how God created this world. I am not interested in this or that phenomenon in the spectrum of this or that element. I want to know his thoughts. The rest are just details. So some questions that we help our students to ask when we're studying subjects is, where does this belong? Where does it fit into the context of the time and the situation? Because all of learning fits into our lives. A learner must use mental hooks and eyes to join the facts together to form a significant whole. This makes learning easier, it makes it more interesting, and it becomes much more valuable to the individual. The accumulation of facts is mere information and is not worthy to be called education since it burdens the mind and stultifies it. It makes the mind foolish instead of developing, enlightening, and perfecting it. The soul of the biblical pedagogy, C.S. Lewis in The Abolition of Man, How Education Develops Man's Sense of Morality, said, The task of the modern educator is not to cut down jungles, but to irrigate deserts. The right defense against false sentiments is to inculcate just sentiments. Proverbs 2.10 speaks to this as well and says, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of evil man. Let's take a look at what principles we see in these interrelated words of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Knowledge is the facts, the tools, what we can handle mentally. Wisdom is God's view, his principles, truth, reality. Understanding is using the faculty of intellect or reason to comprehend, to put into context for useful, right application of wisdom, which is truth. In an American Christian education, we're given the ability to reason from the Word of God and to relate its principles to every area of life, which is characteristic of the American clergy prior to the American Revolution. The Committees of Correspondence you'll remember um, Samuel Adams began that, carried this reasoning from colony to colony, creating a unity of thought and heart to undergird the war for independence. There definitely is a war for the hearts and minds of our children. Many of us acknowledge this. In America today, most children reason from relativistic, hedonistic, humanistic principles of our secular society, which permeate the media and their textbooks. These secular principles have produced a socialistic mindset and a bankrupt American character over the last 150 years, creating a nation at risk. So what is the solution? Well, the principal approach is America's historic method of biblical reasoning. Because it's America's historic method of biblical reasoning, we call it an American Christian education. But it is 
relevant and applicable to all nations because God's principles are for all nations and all people. If the philosophy of education in today's classroom will be the philosophy of government in the next generation, then the teaching of biblical principles of education and government in the context of providential history will produce predictable results of restoring Christian self-government and character, the liberty that is the birthright of our children. As we're teaching our children, it's very important for ourselves and for our children to understand the flow of liberty throughout history. Right, here's a quick little assignment for you. When you have the time, you can open up Webster's 1828 Dictionary. If you do not have a hardbound copy of it, there is an app available on the internet for you. But um, you can define the word principle as a noun. And then what you're going to do is look for these things. What is the Latin root, the meaning of this word? How many definitions of the word does Webster provide? Which definitions seem to apply most directly to our study? Reflect on those definitions and then write your own operational definition of the word principle as applied to the principle approach. You can also take note of the verb tense form of principle and see what you think about those definitions there. Now let's contrast principle and precept. A precept is from the Latin and it's to command. Any commandment or order intended as an authoritative rule of action, particularly commands respecting moral conduct. So why is a principle not a precept and a precept not a principle? That's something for you to ponder. Principles are bedrock truths that can be restated in any context. Rosalie Slater identified seven principles of education, history, and government. The principles of individual subjects and contexts, such as the principles of classroom management. Now another aspect of teaching with leading ideas and Bible principles is thinking governmentally. We reason from cause to effect by principles. So there's the internal to the external, the causative to the effect, which is the result. There's a primary aspect and a secondary aspect. There's the invisible and the visible, the unseen and the seen. When it comes to principles and leading ideas, we look at God's principle of individuality and that God is the sovereign creator. We can look at the principle of Christian self-government and the leading idea would be that we are properly self-governed when we are governed by Christ. We could look at the principle of how the seed of local self-government is planted and we can have the leading idea of sowing and reaping. So principles and leading ideas correlate with each other for the lesson. Principles give rise to the leading ideas. The leading idea is a tool of reasoning that guides the student's thinking along a pathway of truth. A leading idea can lead the reason to identify principles, and the principle can take reason to a leading idea. Leading is defined as guiding, conducting, preceding, drawing, or showing the way by going first. Principles employ critical thinking, inductive and deductive. To kind of give you a visual sample of reasoning by principles, we can have three boxes stacked on top of each other. The first box on the bottom are the principles. So an example would be the Christian self-government results in liberty. 
And the next box stacked on top is the leading idea. We could talk about how our choices have consequences. And then the very last box at the top is the fact. And an example of that could be the history of Jonah. The leading idea connects the facts with the principle. Now, how do we identify and reason from principles in the subject? Well, we begin by setting up our notebooks that will serve as a record and reservoir for our learning. We'll complete initial biblical word studies. We call this the 4R or 4Ring of our subject or topic. So if we're studying arithmetic, we're going to use Webster's 1828 dictionary because it's a biblical worldview dictionary to define the vocabulary of arithmetic. It's the same for science, it's the same for art, it's the same for Bible, it's the same for any subject. And then we're going to answer the following questions. How can this subject be used to further the gospel of Christ or further the kingdom of God on this earth? How can studying this subject make me grow into the image of Christ? How does this subject help me fulfill the dominion mandate? How can this subject be used in the home, church, and civil government? Then we're going to research and record the Christian history of the subject. And we'll do it in these four ways. Identify key individuals who have contributed to the development of the subject. Identify key events that have impacted or shaped the development of the subject. Identify key documents that are related to the subject and create a Christian history timeline of the subject. Next, we'll identify key biblical principles that operate in the subject and can be taught through the subject. We'll also develop a glossary of key terms and concepts for the subject from our own research. And we'll develop a curriculum guide that includes the following. Our curriculum guides include the biblical definition of the subject, the biblical purpose of the course, academic goals of the course, main requirements of the course, how learning will be assessed, and an outline of the topics, concepts, units to be studied over the duration of the course. We'll design a curriculum map that identifies the key components of the teaching learning cycle, the key concepts, the biblical principles, teacher methods, students' activities, field studies, assessments, resources, etc. And it supplies the details for each of these elements over the time period in which the course is to be taught, which is typically by week. Then we write unit or lesson plans based upon the daily objectives. And lastly, we evaluate and refine the lessons and course before we use it. So as you go through that list again, you re-listen to the recording and um, just make a note of what stands out to you and what you might add to the list, what you might take away. Now the mark of the reflective classroom is this. There's a reflective spirit. The pace of teaching and learning is appropriate to reasoning. The student is producing ideas. The student is writing, discussing, researching, and presenting. Questions are designed to provoke all levels of reasoning. Scholarship is valued and rewarded. The student notebook reflects a high level of productivity and his record of the subject. So with the principal approach and the notebook method, the students are producers, they're not consumers.
And then lastly, reflection means that we record our thoughts. Why does the principal approach require ref reflective learning? Well, if you'll remember at the beginning of our podcast, we talked about forming convictions versus persuading the student. So when the student is investing and owning his or her own education, when they're applying the method and the philosophy of the principal approach, they begin to form convictions. So think about your classroom or your school or your homeschool. What drives your schedule? Does reflection play a significant role in how you conduct your business? What changes might you consider? All right, well, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I hope that it's clear to you and helpful to you on how to teach with leading ideas and biblical principles. And I hope you join us for our next podcast. Take care. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and His Glory. <laughs>